the students definitely help you learn. You're there to help the students learn, but the one thing is they also help you learn and you learn new things about yourself. Even if it's the smallest things like your knife skills, like you're chopping up and they're like, wow, you're so good at that. Like I wanna have those skills one day. Feels great, it boosts your confidence, helps you become a better teacher. It's from knife skills all the way to the way you say things and they're like, oh, that was really well said. I understand what you mean now. I didn't understand earlier. So yeah, no, students definitely have a big part in helping you grow as a person. A good kitchen produces good food, but a great kitchen brings people together. Welcome to Meet Me in the Kitchen, a podcast inspired by Little Kitchen Academy, exploring the key ingredients to a meaningful life and how they are changing lives from scratch. Here's my dad and your host, Scott Rintoul. As a parent, one of the greatest compliments you can get about your children is how they behave when you're not there. I think we all do our best to teach our kids how to act towards others. And while there are times you wonder if any of your obviously sage words are sinking in, it only takes one person to say, your daughter has such lovely manners, or your son is welcome here anytime, to fill your heart with pride. Now, as a business owner, the equivalent of that is when people want to come and work for you. And then they tell their friends how great their workplace is, and they encourage them to apply as well. The guest you're about to hear from is a perfect example of that. Charlie Anthony has gone from being a student at Little Kitchen Academy to working there as an instructor. And it's no stretch to say his experience at Little Kitchen Academy has helped fuel both his body and his mind as he pursues a career in teaching. It's a back-to-school edition of Meet Me in the Kitchen. Here is Charlie Anthony. Let's talk about university to begin with, and I promise this isn't going to be like old school where I revisit my university days because those are far long ago. Where are you at in university right now, and how's it going so far? You know, it's going great. I'm out east at Queen's University in Kingston. Finished my second year, heading into my third and I'm focusing for math and history teachables for my career. How are you enjoying university so far? What's it like? Oh, it's great. It was a it was a rough start, you know, first year COVID messed up my experience, but I got the most of it and it's only gone up, you know. Got my in-person classes now, meeting lots of new people, networking a lot. It's looking good. Now you grew up in Vancouver. Was it important for you to go away for university or was it simply the program that was offered that drew you to Queens? So yeah, there are many aspects that I took into consideration when choosing my university. And growing up in Vancouver all my life, I did feel the urge to move away and and spread my wings. But I never took UBC and UVic out of the picture. Queen's University has been in my family for a while. Both my parents attended there and my older brother. So that intrigued me a lot. And just happened to be having a great university program there for me for my teaching career. Well, it sounds like it checked every single box for you, which is perfect. What's it like living on your own for the first time? You know, I had some doubts in myself, but I felt pretty confident. You know, I I got my cooking skills under my belt, all thanks to the little kitchen. I'm not necessarily an independent person. I do, I feel like I always need people around me. I struggle, not necessarily struggle, but I prosper better when when I have people around me. So living in a house with housemates, I got about seven guys this year with me, which is a lot to some people. And some people have said, uh oh, I don't know why you chose that, but I enjoy it, and I enjoy living by myself. I enjoy being more independent these days. 
Well, we'll stay in the present. You mentioned that you have your cooking skills under your belt. What's been your relationship with Little Kitchen Academy over the years? So starting off, I was clueless with what I was going to do for my menu out of Queens. Luckily, every every week we get the emails for Little Kitchen to see what we're making. And I got a folder with all the Little Kitchen recipes. And I just bounce between those and, and new ones online. And it's definitely been a big help. Now, you started as a student at Little Kitchen Academy once it got opened up, didn't you? Oh, yeah, that's correct. Yeah, me and my brothers, right at the very beginning, we got invited in for a couple of teen night, late night classes. And did you just take to it right then and there, Charlie? Or was that something cooking and perhaps maybe a passion for making food that developed over your time there? Yeah, well, I've always I've always been a big foodie. I love food. Um, not necessarily the best cook, but uh, I still love food. And yeah, definitely being in those classes, experiencing what it's like in that environment down in Little Kitchen, definitely caught my eye, definitely gave me some great experience, and that did help me with my choice on, on wanting to apply and, and join the family at Little Kitchen Academy. And I want to get onto the teaching aspect of that as we go through this conversation, but I know both of your parents, and I know that they don't let you guys just slide at home. They make you take care of all your business. So what was your experience with cooking prior to going in as a student at Little Kitchen Academy compared to what you were learning along the way? Well, luckily, I have my two parents. They're very good cooks. They do very well for us putting meals on the table. And every now and then, they'd, they'd want myself and my older brother, Miles, to help out, you know, maybe cook a meal, give that a try, work on our skills. So, yeah, I've I had a little experience at home, but not as much as I've, I've gained from being at Little Kitchen. Now, I'm going to jump back to the present you said you have seven housemates this year. When you look at their skill set relative to preparing food and what they might make for themselves or the rest of the house, if you guys are doing a group dinner, how does what you have in your arsenal compared to what they have? So I would put myself a little higher than most of them. I do have one good buddy who I'm living with who loves cooking. He's been in the chef's uniform ever since he was like two years old. And I've lived with him the past year too. And we would help each other out making group meals for for a house and that's a nice addition to have our cooking skills. So you start as a student at Little Kitchen Academy once it opens up. So you've been there, you've been a teacher there, which we're going to get into, as I mentioned. Did you have any idea what it was going to be like seeing other people who weren't as prepared? Did you figure most people knew what you knew? Did you think, no, I've got to step up on that? You know, I have thought about that. I've, I've thought about how who's had like the basic knowledge, basic skills for cooking. And I, at the very beginning, didn't put myself above everyone. I thought, you know, maybe I didn't know as much as some other people or they knew just as much as me. But after living with some housemates and seeing how we do with our cooking and our meals, I've noticed that some aren't as strong and aren't as prepared as one would be if if they had the experiences that I've had. So have any of them hit you up, wonder where you get your recipes, wonder where you get your skills from? Oh, yeah. No, I, I've definitely mentioned some of the recipes that I've made in the past and the ones I've had in my email folder. And they have asked me to send over a couple of recipes every now and then. Well, I'm sure they have, and yet they might not have all of the skills commensurate with making those recipes. You and I both know that young men aren't the best at expressing everything that they're thinking or feeling. So I'm wondering how much of it's just good-natured ribbing and how much of it is actually like, hey, Charlie, when you get a quiet moment, can you tell me what's going on here and how I might be able to do that? <laughs> that does happen a lot. And it's definitely true about young men, you know, that is very true about expressing themselves and getting those out. But most of the time, it's all good-hearted. It's all good-hearted, and, and they're all my buddies, so 
it's, it's good. Well, it sounds like you're having a great time at university, and this is certainly aiding in your experience there so that you can at least nourish yourself along the way and get yourself some brain food so you can continue with your studies. Your relationship with LKA is probably different than most of the students or teachers who've been there because you've known the Kern family for a very long time. What's your relationship been like with Brian, Felicity, and their daughters over the years? You know, yeah, I've known them pretty much all my life, and every single time, no matter where we are, when we hang out as a family, it's always it's always an adventure. It's always so fun. They make everything so enjoyable. They're very creative people, very creative family. So yeah, I definitely have a different experience than some do as, as the students and the teachers, because I do have a deep connection, a very good relationship with their family. And that, of course, facilitated you entering Little Kitchen Academy as a student. I'm wondering, as a teenager, going into that environment, it's not something that every young man is going to enter into. What was it like? Did you have any trepidation about it? Were you excited about it when you first went? Oh, yeah. I was I was a little nervous knowing or thought that I had a, a lack of, of skills in the kitchen. But going in, you know, it's really eye-opening. You know, they're always with you. They're helping you out step by step. They're helping you realize your own potential in the kitchen. And walking out of there, you got delicious food and you got new skills that you can use like I do now in my in my house at university. Well, and here's the other part. It's a community in there, not just with the teachers, but with the students that you're going to be having a meal with at the community table at the end. Can you describe that environment for anybody out there who might think about enrolling their teenagers in this environment? Yeah, of course. You know, at first thought, you might think it would be odd just to sit with some strangers beside you, eating food, sharing conversations. But once you get into that into that environment down in a little kitchen and you sit down and you're spending the three hour class with them, learning with them, sometimes making mistakes, learning from your mistakes. You really get to know those people and especially when you're down at the at the dinner table at the very end. You get you get to share all your experiences and you get to create new bonds and, and new friendships. New friendships prosper from there. And you've shared a lot of meals with the current family over the years. Felicity, Brian, their children, you guys have sat around the table a lot of times, more times than I'm sure you can count. I'm wondering how the kitchen experience in the current household compares with the experience that you've had at Little Kitchen Academy. How many similarities are there? How different is it? You tell me. Oh boy, it is, I, I have to say it's very similar. Um, yeah, with all my times, whether it's Easter or it's Christmas Eve dinner, same styles of food, same steps in cooking. I've been over in the kitchen with Felicity and she's always asked us to help out with some steps. And when I'm down a little kitchen, everything flashbacks back to the current kitchen. And it's, it's just, it's so similar. There's such a strong connection between the little kitchen community and the current family. Did you ever feel like when you went into Little Kitchen Academy, I've been preparing for this for years and I just had no idea? For sure, for sure. I'm no, 100%. I'm sure you did. And it's been easy to maintain that relationship, I'm sure, with your work environment now and that family connection that you've had for years. What was it about your experience as a student there, Charlie, that made you think, you know what, maybe I could be an instructor here and maybe I could take on a different role? Well, to be fully honest, even when I was in Little Kitchen as just a, as a student in those late night teen classes, I hadn't even had teaching in my mind yet. Back then, I was focused on a different path, and it took a couple more experiences for me to realize that teaching was, was the thing for me. And as soon as that clicked, 
and I heard that Little Kitchen is doing so well, and I've had conversations with Felicity about potentially becoming a, a an instructor down there. It just made me think about the teen nights and how and how that went, and how great the atmosphere in, in there was, and how nice the instructors were. And I wanted to experience more of that. And I thought, what's better than joining Little Kitchen as an instructor and and being able to work there and spend a lot more time with students, with other instructors, and and all that. What you just described a minute ago, not sure what you wanted to do, thinking you were going to do one thing and then transitioning to another, is something I think most people go through, not only in their teenage years, but in their 20s, their 30s, maybe even later in life. So what was it about teaching? What was the light bulb that went on for you that made you decide, Charlie, you know what, this is something I actually want to pursue? So I've been around teaching all my life, obviously, having both my parents teach and have both my parents teach at the school I attended. But back in my grade 11 year, I was able to travel down to the Dominican Republic and take part in a service trip where I was able to teach kids down there, mostly from in, in the elementary age, English. And I was so excited heading down there and, and leaving that, it just clicked in my mind. I'm like, oh, wow, I love this. I want to do this. This is for me. I want to become a teacher. I want to follow the path my parents took. So is it because of the relationships that you've established with the children you've had the opportunity to teach? Is it just knowing that you can influence somebody's life in a positive manner? What is it about it, Charlie, that fuels your passion? You know, being in the classroom, especially down on that particular service trip, it was truly something else when you when you look at the student's face after you've taught them soccer ball or, or baseball bat and, and they get it right and their face lights up and they know something new and you know they're going to head back home and tell their parents, oh, I learned this today, I learned soccer ball, I learned, I learned soccer field, and that's it's truly priceless. I, I love that. I want to talk about your parents in just a minute. You've obviously mentioned that Felicity has been quite an influence on you as far as choosing to go down the road that you're going down with teaching right now. Maybe mention a couple of other teachers. We don't often shout them out, but who are a couple of other influential teachers for you in your life, and, and how have they impacted your life in a positive way? You know, I just, a requirement for my program at Queen's is I have to spend hours in classrooms, a particular amount each year. So I just finished 100 hours at West Point Gray Academy, shadowing, helping out teaching, being a big support in the class, and gaining some experience. And I got the opportunity to sit and help out with Janice Bolin. And throughout high school, she's been a favorite teacher of many students, I can say that. And being on the other side and being a teacher and being able to work beside her, alongside her, it was great. She's super supportive. She's an amazing teacher. Truly an inspiration for me and how she interacts with her students and the different activities and how she's able to help students learn in, in many different ways for their needs. It's, yeah, she's truly an inspiration for me too. You've had the benefit of learning in the classroom environment, but also in the Little Kitchen environment as well. I'm wondering what you've learned as a teacher at Little Kitchen Academy that you believe you can transfer into school classrooms. Patience. Patience is a big one. Cooking is different than math, but it's the same principles. You know, it's, it's something new for everyone. Some students won't find cooking as easy. Some people won't find math as easy. And I found throughout my time at Little Kitchen that patience is key. And when students don't understand, you just got to change the way you're saying things, change the approach you're taking to, to teaching them and, and showing them the next steps. And I definitely find that an important key aspect of teaching in the classroom. Well, and I'm wondering, as you talk about math specifically, a lot of people listening will say, oh, geez, math, that was tough for me. But it was always taught 
one way. And if you didn't get that way, a lot of people maybe shied away from math or said, math isn't for me. But when you combine what Little Kitchen tries to do with their methods, it's okay, you might have a student come in who doesn't like this particular ingredient or thinks he or she doesn't like this particular ingredient, but there is a way to show that child that it can be fun and it can be interesting and it might be something you warm to. Is that something you believe you can carry over into the classroom? 100%, especially with my past in math, I've had you know teachers where they teach you how to answer this question a certain way, a certain method, but you happen to have, let's say, a tutor who taught you their own method that they've grown up with. And they've they've said, oh, you know, I don't want you to do it this way. I want you to do it the way I taught you. And yeah, like you said, that can definitely make people shy away from math and turn away from it. And yes, at Little Kitchen, there's so many different ways we can get students to enjoy things like a student who doesn't like to eat mushrooms and we have mushroom toppings on our pizza, wouldn't like to eat it. And we're like, you know, you don't have to eat it. You can just try it and then as as it goes on, you know, the food smells amazing. Other students beside them are eating mushrooms, which makes them a little curious. So then they end up eating mushrooms. And in the end, we're all happy. And, you know, yeah, many different ways, many different ways to approach uh, learning experiences. You talked a lot about your experience as a student at Little Kitchen Academy. When you made the transition from student into teacher, what was that experience like? And what have you been able to get out of it and perhaps see how you've grown along the way? So... As most do when they start a little kitchen, you will. There's three spots, three instructors. There's the one who helps around, cleans up dishes. There's one that walks around the kitchen and provides support, and for both the students and the number one instructor who who leads it all. And yeah, as I started, you know, I started off as the number two and three. You know, I had to work my way in there and was always nervous. I was always very nervous of being in the front of the class, being the, the the one that everyone's looking at. But when that day came and when I got trained to become that number one instructor, it was definitely nerve-wracking in the beginning. Um, you think every little mistake you're going to do, everybody's like, oh no, he doesn't know how to teach. But as, as you gain more experience, as more shifts come as your instructor number one three times a week, it's great. And starting as the student and then working your way up to number two, number three, and number one, it was a journey seeing both sides. Like anything in life, the more repetitions you get at something, the better you get at it. And I imagine that's been the same. You you alluded to that in your last answer. I'm also wondering how your students, how the children inspired confidence in you along that journey. You know, the students definitely help you learn. You're there to help the students learn, but the one thing is they also help you learn and you learn new things about yourself. Even if it's the smallest things like your knife skills, like you're chopping up and they're like, wow, you're so good at that. Like, I want to have those skills one day. It feels great. It boosts your confidence, helps you become a better teacher. It's from knife skills all the way to the way you say things. And they're like, oh, that was really well said. Like, I understand what you mean now. I didn't understand earlier. So yeah, no, students, students definitely have a big part in helping you grow as a person. And then there's the parents that are a part of this equation as well. These are people who are leaving their most prized possessions, if we want to label children as possessions in this sense, with you for a number of hours, and they're trusting that they're going to be safe, and they're trusting they're going to have a good experience as well. Charlie, is there anything you can think of from a parent, any feedback you've received over the years that really stands out, made you feel pretty good about what you had done that day? You know, what does stand out is when you have the students that come back. You know, they've enjoyed themselves so much, they come back. And you, yes, you hear it from the students when, when they're they're like, hey, I'm back, you know, I'm ready to make more food, you know, I'm so excited. But then you also hear it 
from the parents themselves, whether that's when they're dropping them off or picking them up. Yeah, they mention little things like, Henry enjoyed your class so much. He loves it. It's the highlight of his week. You guys are such great teachers. He can't stop talking about what you do. It makes you feel good. You know, it, it definitely it definitely helps, again, with, with you and as a teacher and your confidence. You know, it's a, it's a big help. So now that you are a teacher, what does a good day at work at Little Kitchen Academy look like to Charlie Anthony? A good day at Little Kitchen Academy. All the kids showing up on time. None of the kids are sick, you know. A fun recipe that everybody's excited to do. Excited, full of energy students. You know, that's always awesome. I love seeing the, the students jump around when new ingredients come out. And overall, just happy, positive energy in, in, the, in the kitchen. You know, nothing, nothing beats that. You mentioned that you've got the folder of all the recipes and you use them fairly frequently at university when you're doing your own cooking. Do you have a favorite recipe that stands out or a favorite ingredient you like to cook at when you're away? 100%. There's been two that I've gone back to, especially for my housemates for requests. It was a blueberry crumble, which was delicious. You know, had no no negative feedback from my friends with that one. And then also the, the Little Kitchen version of the Supreme Crunchwrap. You know, again, Little Kitchen, you know, there's no meat. And some people are like, oh, no, like, you know, they, they need meat in all their meals. But having that substitute, we had lentils, mushrooms, chickpeas. It was a great replacement for meat. And I love it to this day. I'm sure you do. And I know this is a stereotypical statement, but usually young men are the ones that bristle at not having meat as a part of their meal. So I'm wondering what the feedback was like from your housemates when you made that meal. You know, they at first, when I told them this is a non-meat recipe, I did get some backlash, you know, they're like, come on, can you just like throw in some chicken or throw in some beef, you know, it won't hurt. But I wanted them to, you know, try it, try it without the meat. And, and the reaction was the exact same reaction I had when I first made the recipe. I was like, wow, you know, that's delicious. There's no need for meat in this recipe, you know, like you could if you wanted to, but it is delicious without the meat. I'd ask you to send me the recipe, but I should probably just ask my sister-in-law for it and Felicity will send that over. This seems like a very obvious time to ask it, so I will. And everybody who comes on this podcast, Charlie, gets asked this question, and it's one you're familiar with because every person who's affiliated with Little Kitchen Academy has this as part of their email signature. What is the one ingredient that is always in your kitchen and why? You know, I'm going to have to say this, peanut butter. I don't know if many people say this, but, you know, I can eat peanut butter maybe not everything that'd be a that'd be a stretch but almost everything i find i pretty much have it every day and it's been something i've had all my life and there's even a funny funny story with that when i was younger i could eat it by the spoonful and i guess i was feeling a little cheeky that day so i took the entire craft peanut butter tub and hid downstairs and was just in this room quiet just eating it by the spoonful and my parents they tell me this today as if like i was dead but they're running around the house calling my name. And if I heard my name being called that aggressively, I thought I was in trouble. So I was staying quiet. And they're running around, they're running up and down the streets. They're going all around the house. Apparently they looked everywhere, but I was just sitting in a room. They're calling my neighbors. They're going uh, to knocking on doors saying, hey, have you seen Charlie? Like, where is he? We can't find him. It's been 10 minutes. It's been 15 minutes. They're about to, they got 911 on the phone. And then my dad is like, I'm gonna go give one more sweep of the house just to make sure so I don't bug the cops on something that might not be a big deal. And he steps down into one of our rooms and he and he sees these these 10 little toes sticking out from a corner behind a chair. And I'm over there, head down, facing my peanut butter, trying to hide. 
But yeah, moral of the story, you know, I love my peanut butter ever since I was little. Boy, do you ever. That is a really good story. I want to know how much of the jar you ate that day. You know what? Knowing me, at least a quarter. And it's the big tub, so it is a lot, but I can't fully remember. So if I sat you down and we put you in one of those eating contests, how much peanut butter do you think you could eat at one sitting, Charlie? Tubs. I could, I, you know, give me some milk, maybe some bread on the side just to help it go down and tons. Tubs. Love it. I'm not sure how that would be for your system, so maybe we won't try it, but I'll keep it in the back of my mind for a future date. You mentioned your parents and your dad, and both your parents, Steve and Charlotte, they are teachers. Some people try to go away from the careers that their parents pursued, and others like you find themselves attracted to it. What type of influence have your parents had on not just the fact that you're going into teaching, but how you plan on teaching and how you plan on educating future generations? Yeah, so growing up, my dad had been the principal and my mom had been a STEM teacher and doing Destination Imagination. And like all through my years, I've heard, oh, Charlie, your mom, she's the best teacher. She's so creative. She's so smart. She's great at problem solving. Her classes are so fun, everything we do. That obviously, that made me feel very great. They're talking about my parents so highly and I love that. And I followed their path, but I've always wanted to be like them too, you know. I want to be a problem solver. I wanted to be the one, you know, know what to do in a tricky situation when something doesn't work out, just like my mom. And then also like my dad, he he had a huge leadership role, which meant he had to stand up in front of the school, stand in front of parents and talk, public speaking. I was so scared of public speaking growing up, whether that was just doing a presentation in front of the class or talking to a big group of people that were just my friends. And seeing my dad be able to stand up and give a great speech, throw in some jokes, throw in some funny humor. I've kept my eye on that. I've always tried to incorporate humor into my own teaching, especially at Little Kitchen. You know, throw in some jokes, make some students laugh, you know. Love seeing their smiles. But yeah, problem solving for my mom and the fluidity of my dad's speaking and his public speaking. They're huge inspirations for me in my teaching styles. When did it change from looking at your parents as parents to looking at them as people that you admired? Because I've got parents, I've also got children, and when you see people as frequently as you do on a day-to-day -day basis and you live with them, you don't always look at them the same way that perhaps students would look at their own teachers. Yeah, growing up, again, having them in the same school, in the beginning, it was definitely tough to not see them as just like mom and dad when I see them in the school. And splitting like school parents and home parents, they're different things. But it was not until when I got into high school, grade 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, I saw them as as Stephen Anthony and Charlotte Anthony instead of mom and dad. And I saw them as them in their jobs and not them as mom, like, help me pack my lunch. Dad, can you help me with laundry? Yeah, as I matured through high school, I saw them as people and as people who inspire me and are in the career path that interests me. As you mentioned, your dad is a principal. Would you want to work for your father? You know what? He's talked to me about these. He said, Charlie, would you come back to West Point Great Academy? And my first reaction was, you know, I kind of want to travel. I want to go around the world. I want to see my options. But for sure, I can see myself working with, under my dad. And I'm totally okay with that. You know, I, I love being around him. Do you think it's helped having a very close family friend in Felicity be somebody that you worked for as well along the way? Because you had a different relationship with her as a family friend than you would have as a work environment. A hundred percent. And me and Felicity have even talked about this, especially during our first interview before I was hired at Little Kitchen. And we talked about how there is 
Miss Curran outside, family, dinners, all that. And then there's Felicity at work. And she wanted there to be a big difference. She wanted our relationship at work to be different than how it was outside of work. And with my experience with my parents, I love that. I love the idea of that. I thought it was super professional. So yeah, for sure, there's a big difference. As you know, I've interviewed her daughters on this podcast as well. So we had a pretty big group discussion. And one of the things they said was, we get little kitchened at home. And it's impossible for them, having grown up in the original test kitchen, if you will, to separate what they see at work from at home. Do you see that now as somebody who's been a student and a teacher there that you go over to the currents for dinner and it's happening right in front of you again? I can. I can say I can. You know, it's not a full out little kitchen class at the Curran's house, but a little glimpse of, of it. You know, I can see the the way she works at little kitchen. I can see how she's relating her at home experiences in the kitchen to her work. It, there's definitely little glimpses of it. I know you haven't visited all the little kitchens that are opening up across North America and eventually all over this globe, but what's it like as someone who's been involved from the beginning, first as a student, but watch this idea develop, What's it like to watch this expand all over and watch little kitchens pop up? You know, it's crazy. I, I remember hearing about it just being a little idea of Felicity's and how she was she's wanting to make this happen to me being in, in Toronto about to fly back from university. And I happened to be in the beaches and I looked to my left and beside me was Little Kitchen Academy. And I'm like, that is absolutely mind boggling. That is crazy. That is come all the way out here when it just started in the Curran's house as an idea. It's, it's great. I'm so happy for them. It, it's become a great franchise. Well, and it's something for you. If you're going to travel around, you might have yourself somewhere to work if you're going to make your way around this planet. Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, if that's offered, I would take it in a heartbeat. If I was in LA and they're like, hey, you know, we need someone to location, I'll be there. I like it. You're already putting the bug in Felicity's ear. She'll know when she hears this. Where would you like to travel, whether it's to work or not? You mentioned that you wanted to see some other places on this marble we're rolling around in. Where do you have desires to travel, Charlie? You know, through the years, I've had conversations with my parents and with other teachers. My parents both taught in Mexico right out of university for a bunch of years. I had an English teacher back at West Point Grade Academy who talked about his time in Moscow. And I don't have a set place I want to go adventure to and potentially find a teaching position for a little bit. I definitely want to go check out Mexico. It sounds like a, it's a great experience they had. I know it's changed a bit over the, the years, but also, yeah, out in Europe, out in Asia, everything's interesting. Everything is catching my eye. Sounds to me like you have a pretty adventurous spirit. Do you have anybody you would travel with or are you fine just going solo, Charlie? You know, like I said, I like being around people. I can see myself traveling the, around the world by myself, finding these teaching positions. And I can also see myself with a travel buddy or with a little group. I have a very close friend at Queen's University who I live with and happens to be in the same program as me. And yeah, I can totally see me traveling with him, finding some cool positions together anywhere in the world. Well, I'm sure that he's going to be well-fed if you guys are traveling together based on what you described with your housemates as well. So I'm guessing that he's going to want to go along because he knows he's going to get nourished along the way. He's going to eat well every night. Yeah, he certainly is. Charlie, thank you very much for doing this. It's been a pleasant conversation, and I know you got to go head off to work, so thank you. Thank you so much, Scott. This has been a pleasure. Meet Me in the Kitchen is curated and produced by Toolkit Content. You can find more information about Little Kitchen Academy, including classes, locations, employment, and franchise opportunities at littlekitchenacademy.com. What's the one ingredient that's always in your kitchen? 